0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, Eldorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to go back. To the Super Bowl, because something I keep thinking about, and it was based off a tweet from David Hellman. Hollywood David Hellman, if you like, on Sunday. This is after the game. Demoralizing night for teams that don't have a dude at quarterback. It's not just that Mahomes won again with a mid-offense. He beat the picture-perfect example of building a mega roster around a cheap quarterback. If the Niners can't do it, who can hope to? Now, Nobody. And, and that's what I keep thinking about. This isn't even taken to factor that the Cowboys can't build a mega roster because they don't have a cheap quarterback. But you talked about it with, I think it was Dan Hunt, who said you need to have a top eight quarterback in the league. And I keep thinking about it more and more. And I was like, man, do I even want to shorten up that number? But...
1: It's probably you have to feel like they're in the conversation for top five. So you add right. three extra guys to like go, hey, this number five, six, seven, and eight could be considered a top five quarterback.
2: and so i, I keep I keep thinking about that from Sunday night is and I, I realize Patrick Patrick Holmes is a special player. It's just that San Francisco had built up a monster team. Around a player whose salary cap hit was nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars and they still
1: couldn't win the Super Bowl. And he went to Buffalo against arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL.
3: With a really good team around him as well. Yes. He
1: went to Baltimore, who
2: might have had the best defense in the league, and, and a very MVP unique quarterback.
1: Yeah, a very unique quarterback. So he goes to two different places, destroys them. Well, I wouldn't say destroys them, he destroyed two at T. And that was a weird game because of the. But it, even to a, tee, a younger quarterback still on a rookie deal, a first round quarterback on a rookie deal, destroyed them, mm-hmm. then goes to Buffalo, goes to Baltimore, and then beats the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. When you look at it, you're like, what can a team do? I'm with David Hellman at this point. What can a team do to beat Patrick Mahomes? Well, He's lost to Tom Brady twice. One of them because he didn't have an offensive line in the Super Bowl. Like, he literally was playing with nothing against the UFL. He pretty much had a UFL offensive line in the Super Bowl. And then he lost to Joe Burrow. And I give Joe Burrow a a lot of credit. So he lost on a coin flip in Mm -hmm. the playoffs because they lost the coin flip when if you scored a touchdown, you don't get the ball back. He loses because he has no offensive line in the Super Bowl. And then I give Joe Burrow a lot of credit. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes and beat him. That's the only three and times I, he's
2: lost in his life. And I do think Joe Burrow's a dude. Yes. Like, if you tell me, if you're the Bengals and you're like, we can win jo- with Joe Burrow. I'm like, I believe that. Yeah, I've seen it happen. But
1: this is his last year on his
2: rookie deal. And and that's, I, I think it doesn't bother me as much if you think you have like one of the elite of the elite, that you okay. have to pay, yeah, and interesting, and, and so, and I do see. I, I will point this out. I do see multiple people saying, "Well, if Greenlaw wouldn't have got hurt, maybe the game would have been different." Fair enough, maybe, yeah. But here we are.
1: We have mm-hmm. to go on the facts of who yeah. won these games, and uh, he and, won all of <laughs> them.
3: Uh, as far as that goes, it's not like it was an offensive slugfest. So and and I don't that last play Greenlaw's not stopping that last play that was leverage on the on the cornerback there. Uh but I understand there could have been different plays. Kevin, we saw the numbers the other day. The history over like the last 5 years, the last rookie quarterback to have it, uh the guy on his rookie contract to do it was Mahomes. Every other time it's been one of these star quarterbacks and I know we're trying to build the Russell Wilson thing over and over again where right. you do that, but that's just not consistently hitting right now. And
2: I, I want to read this text because it seems like they disagree with us, but I'm like, no, really, I think you do agree with this logic. From the 469, his defense helps. Getting stops helps. Give me a break. But that's my point. Is if like to what David Hellman started with, they he said it. Kansas City had a mid offense. Yeah. But, but they had the dude that you knew you could depend on and you could allocate. We talked about this last if week. You, if to you, his point, if Patrick Mahomes
1: was on the Carolina Panthers this year, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Agreed. So if you want to say, can I, put pre, pre, uh, can I put Prescott? You can't put him on any team. It doesn't matter. But if you put Patrick Mahomes on the worst team in the NFL, he's not going to win the Super Bowl if that's your point you're trying to make. But if you put him on a good team with holes – he will cover up those holes and win the championship. And that
2: is exactly the concerning thing for me, if I'm just building a team in general, but maybe especially if I'm building a team for the Cowboys, is I don't think you have the dude, in a dude in Dak. And I'm not saying you have to be Mahomes. That's an unfair standard. But I'm saying whether you think it's Mahomes, Burrow, and you think it ends at that too, or whoever you think it extends to is and Dak Prescott, they're going to probably redo it. They'll figure it out. They'll pay him like $40 million. Okay, fair enough. The 49ers built a better roster with a quarterback that was making $900,000. So you essentially have 39 extra million to build your roster with compared to the Cowboys, and they couldn't get the job done. And, and I know they made it to the Super Bowl, but they couldn't get the job done. And so now I'm starting to think more and more is, Maybe it doesn't like if you have the dude at quarterback, you can fill in the spaces a little bit less, uh, with a little bit less talent. The
3: yes. I completely agree with you. Now, finding the dude is hard. It's I mean, it's not an easy For task sure. to say, We found the dude that's gonna win the next ten Super Bowls.
2: But and how many teams have died on the way to thinking that? Mike Most. You've, you've yeah. brought this
3: you've brought this up and we've had this discussion, I think, on varying levels. Every time that defense stepped out onto the field, they knew that if they gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, they had a chance. They, they believed that if they got the ball back or just kept them from, from scoring, we have a chance because we have Patrick Mahomes. That was that a two-minute warning. A real belief, very similar to the way we felt about Dirk in that finals run. We got Dirk. We, we know that we're going to be able to do this because we got Dirk. We got Corey Seager. We're going to be fine, guys. Yeah. We got Nathan Evaldi coming back to the – you believe that your teammate is going to do it for you as long as you do your job to its best. Not everybody has that. And right now, honestly, I wonder how many Cowboys defensive players look across the, uh, across the field and go, I believe that that dude's going to win it whenever it's time.
1: I don't know. I'm with you on everything you said. I do think this. I'm not trying to pick on you, four six nine. I do think that's a younger football fan. So just to get you get you where I'm going here, I used to watch football where there was no such thing as fantasy football. We did not care. Literally watching Troy Aikman play football from 1989 to about 1999. Fantasy football started becoming to me a big deal in about 1998. Okay, Like when computers could start tracking it and you didn't have to to manually write everything down. Because, yes, fantasy football is happening in the 90s at a very little eclipse as people would literally write down and add up the information themselves off of getting the the newspaper. But I think when people look at Patrick Mahomes this year, they don't see the number one fantasy quarterback. They don't see 6,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, historic season, but if you, I'm not saying I understand football anywhere close to Brian Broaddus or anything like that, but I do think the younger football fan who's been playing fantasy football, like my son, I'm saying you're older than 15 years old, but he's growing up in fantasy football world. So you struggle with what real football is. You start going into, well, he only threw for 237 yards and a touchdown. And you're like, that's not good. Troy Aikman was a piece of trash. He was Andy Dalton. And you're like, you don't understand football because you're growing up in a fantasy world of football and not in how does a quarterback dictate the game of football? And Patrick Mahomes' growth into that is now Michael Jordan.
3: He very scarcely put his defense in that game specifically in a bad situation. Uh, one time, he throws that interception, for the most part, he's, he's doing his thing and saying, you know what? I got a punter that can punt the hell out of this
1: football. I agree with you, but to your point that you made earlier, at the two-minute warning, when San Francisco, if they get the first down, they win the game. Because then they don't, with two timeouts, it's going to be very tough to get the ball back. Now, maybe Patrick Mahomes, we've seen him, with 17 seconds against Buffalo with no timeouts, that's plenty of time to get his guy in field goal range. But I think uh, looking at it, that team knew, at the two-minute warning, they said, if we get the stop here, we're winning the game. Now, they ended up tying the game and going to overtime, but that's the belief, Corey, you're talking about. I know if I have... Patrick Mahomes. If I can get off the field at the two-minute warning and we're still losing, he's going to win the game
2: for us. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I I just I disagree with this point of view so much. I, I I think this is a different four six nine. Mahomes doesn't win a Super Bowl this year in Dallas. I disagree with that so much. No running game. No defense. That. Is just factually inaccurate. Yeah. Take a look at that. Might be Dak. Let's just look at the let's just look at the regular season. I realize everything changes in the playoffs, and that's a problem for the uh, problem for the Cowboys. The Cowboys averaged eight yards per game rushing more than the Chiefs, so they're saying the Chiefs excel because they have a better run game on the defensive side. The Cowboys gave up one point two points more per game than the Chiefs. That's more, but that's not like break your heart more or anything like that, is there were some similarities. The issue is that that running game and passing game work in cooperation. They're saying you can't have, we didn't have the run game, so it hurts the pass game. I would argue very much that your run game is inherently helped if the defense is terrified of what the quarterback is going to be able to do. And
3: your your quarterback's actually pretty good at making the run game out of a short pass yes. game as well. I like don't, that's beneficial to him as well. I'll
1: be honest. I don't know how to have a conversation with a person who has that opinion. I just walk away from the conversation, Kevin. Nothing against the guy. He, everybody can have their own opinion and be have a strong belief in it. If somebody tells me that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have taken this team further, the Dallas Cowboys and most Likely won the Super Bowl. I can't have a conversation with that cool. person. Uh, like they're they're not smart to me, they're not smart enough to have that conversation with.
3: I guess the the other point of this, because you said Joe Burrow. I think and, Joe Burrow is in
2: that group too.
3: And I, I do think I think Aaron Rodgers has it here to do it. I don't know if physically he still has the yeah. ability to do that with. We'll see next year, but I guess then the what you're asking, what you're really trying to dive into is A, there's no hope for anybody else. What are the what are the qualities of finding that guy? And that's where whenever you talk with Broadus, whenever you talk with the scouts, it's the it's difficult because you think you found a dude that has the arm, and then you find out he's Ryan Leaf and he has all these other problems. And then or right. you think you you got a guy that can make really good decisions like Brock Purdy, but a couple more situations like this where a loss happens, that team won't believe it in him. Like all these things to create this one guy, and Brady was that guy for a long time. Joe Montana had that mystique about him. Troy Aikman had that mystique about him, that everybody on the team believed that they would win because they got that guy. What are the identifying things? I think C.J. Stroud, Kevin, definitely does have a lot of the qualities that you're looking for for the future. That was just a very young team
2: going up against a really good team. And he doesn't make a lot of money. And I'm sure, look, if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm not – I'm not saying you need to give up hope because you still have two years of cheap Brock Purdy. But in the best possible situation where you have the most loaded roster, a quality quarterback who costs nothing. McCaffrey
1: who's injury prone wasn't
2: hurt. And he was MVP caliber is they still lost. So it still seems clear to me that, sure, You have Patrick Mahomes, then you can win a Super Bowl. But outside of that, have like a quarterback who you think could be the dude. And I keep saying Burrow because I don't know if I think the category extends too far beyond that yet. Josh Allen ebbs and flows. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. C.J. Stroud, too young. Dak, not as good in the playoffs. And so I don't know how big I think that category is. And so you either have to have an uber-cheap quarterback who's good enough, like the 49ers did, to get you close – or have the dude and right now if you're building a roster let's just talk about this roster right here you have neither i realize yeah. he finished second in the mvp race i'm not belittling that regular season but when it comes to the the playoffs you don't have the dude and he ain't cheap that's a double whammy against building your super bowl roster
3: People got so mad at me when i tweeted that out what two years ago that Dak isn't that dude and,
2: Oh my! How can you even say that?
3: And I was like, I mean, I just watched the game. It's it's pretty clear. It's I the it's
1: believe. the hope inside of people a, yeah. that like this is. A and cap, I hope I'm wrong. Like for four the six nine. I'm not. I'm. I saw, I'm sorry. I'm picking on you because you're like this. Dude's a D. And I'm sorry for being one to you. I'm just trying to have this conversation with you. You should never draft a quarterback in the first like three rounds. You should always just draft a quarterback in the if the quarterback means this little to you. If if Patrick Mahomes means that little to you then you should always try to Brock Purdy your situation. Now, it's very tough to do saying, I'm not going to take what is considered by scouts a top five quarterback in the draft. I'm just going to take a guy because the quarterback doesn't matter. I want defense. I want running game. I just need a quarterback to toss the ball to somebody. And look, Brock Purdy's good. He's a good quarterback. He's just not close to Patrick Mahomes. There's very few people that are, but to your point, Joe Burrow is. I think Josh Allen at times can he be, but, in and out of that but he's he's yeah. like you're saying, very wavy in that. It's just really tough now when you look at it around the NFL. Somebody's going to win a Super Bowl in the next three years besides Patrick Mahomes. I get it,
2: God, I but hope so,
1: but it's it it just looks really tough. Just like the New York Knicks are like, how can we get better than what we have around Patrick Ewing? People don't understand. Patrick Ewing was unfreaking believable, but there was Michael Jordan. Dominique Wilkins was unfreaking believable, but there was Larry Bird in Boston, and there was Michael Jordan in Chicago. There's times in people's careers and lives that they just run up against the
3: guy, and and a coaching staff and team that can be fec- flexible to everything. Yeah, they can they can adapt to any situation. All right, we don't have this, we'll do it we'll compensate with this. We don't have this, we'll do this instead. They were adaptable and you have to be once you if you're good at one thing and you're like this is what we hang our hat on, that's great. But if somebody knows how to stop it, you have to adapt it and overcome at some point.
1: What if they get AJ Brown in the off season? I'm not saying they will, but what if good like luck. he he ran with a horrible wide receiver crew.
2: And 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 here's the thing, for I, I realize how sideways it could go. Just look at this last draft. And it's only one year. So it's probably too it's way too early to just judge the finished product. But if you're Carolina, based off of one year, you took a swing with Bryce Young, and it looks like maybe it's not gonna work. And if you're Houston, you took a swing with CJ Stroud, and that could have just made you relevant for the next 12 years. Like, and that's and that's why people are jockeying for position in terms of Caleb or Drake, or if you think Daniels is the guy, yeah. because you make the right pick. Welcome to relevancy for the next decade.
1: And I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong, Trevor Lawrence looks wrong. He looks like he's not going to get to that category. After three years, it's tough to say Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to compete against Patrick Mahomes in playoff games. It doesn't look like he can.
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, I'm really excited to see how this segment goes. In honor of something that actually happened in the Vegas airport. What's your favorite name in the history of sports? And one of the ones that Basic uses is a real name, actually.
1: you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a
3: fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And I can already tell you from the 682, if you text it in, yes, that name is going to come up. So, what is your favorite name in the history of sports? Because Friday at the Las Vegas airport, we're all there in plenty of time, and maybe somebody's running to get lunch or whatever. I'm sitting over by the counter, and they're like, we're still waiting for two customers. It's like, you know, Steve Owens or whatever, and then slow-mo, and it felt like the world moved in slow motion to me. In I, slow motion? I In slow motion, because I realize that's a real name, but in my mind- the only possible last name could have been Glickstein. Okay. And so I like took out my earbud and they're like, you know, Leibovitz or whatever. And it. I was so disappointed because in my heart of hearts, I just knew they're about to say Shlomo Glickstein, which is what Mike always uses as a derogatory replacement for some scrub that's playing in whatever. And so it wasn't that, and I was really sad. And then, gentlemen, I'm going to let you guys take over because y'all started a research project that ended up in a place that I did not expect. So you tell me this story, and I
1: start smiling and laughing, and I'm thinking, is there? This is the first time (laughs) in my life I thought, is there a person actually named? First of all, Shlomo doesn't sound like a real name to me. That is
2: definitely a real name.
1: And it's a real name. And then I was like, Glickstein. So I'm like, For the first time in my life, I'm going to Google this because I feel like I've heard Elf, who used to work up here, and I've heard other people use this name as like, oh, who is it? Shlomo Glickstein, you know, just filling in like John Doe pretty much. And so I Google it and I Google it up. And first, I don't spell it right. Guess what? Mike can't spell. I can't. Uh, And so it says, well, this term means like slow motion. And I'm like, oh, well, being a slow-mo, right? Like they're just like, it's just a short term for slow motion. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Maybe that's why people use it. Like slow motion came into effect in like the 70s or whatever when you're watching Monday Night Football. So then they came up with slow-mo Glickstein. Then I look down a little bit further and it says... Shlomo Glickstein, professional tennis player. I was shocked. To and learn I'm like this information. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're our tennis expert. You never knew yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, wait a no second. Idea. I did, is, honestly
2: I did not believe you guys. He when is sixty
1: six years old and he is still alive. He qualified for the Davis Cup in nineteen eighty seven and in fact I believe in the eighties at one point he was ranked number twenty two in the world. He beat number one Yvonne Lendl at one point. So Shlomo Glickstein's a real person. I was was, shocked. I couldn't believe it either. I was like, wait a second. I just thought this was like a funny way of filling in the word John Doe.
2: And so then we got to discussing our favorite names in the history of sport. And
3: it's obviously Steve DeBerg.
2: No. I do not acknowledge that name unless he's on the show. Steve! Uh, no. Bird. I will not do it.
1: It does say that Shlomo Glickstein here is the greatest tennis player Israel has ever produced. Wow.
2: Oh, I was not aware of that either. Now, for me, it was World Be Free because when I got the 1986-87 Fleer basketball cards, which of course is a very storied set in the history of basketball with rookies of like i don't know pretty yeah. much every great player of the 80s do
1: you know what his name
2: was before he changed it it was lloyd right yeah and so but when i got that card lloyd i had no idea i thought his name really like was and always had been world be free and of course at that time i thought what a cool parent mm-hmm. they're looking for a good message for everyone, and they named their kid World Be Free. Now, like a
3: World like, Peace. Yes. Like one of my kids' names should be captain or corporal. Yes, or, or president. Yeah, president majors.
2: I, I always think that should have been. And so I always what thought- What a
1: great name for Spud Webb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always thought World Be Free was the most amazing name in sports for years and years and years and years, until we started talking more and more about the Olympics- And you found out that the chairman of Olympic Broadcasting Services is Dick Pound. And then I was like, well, that is my new favorite name in sports.
3: So I do believe the day that I learned his name. Was it not registered? Was it COVID day? Like when all the world started shutting down because the Olympics then had conversations and me and Mike were in here. And I was like. I was trying to not laugh about his name, but it's it's a fun name. It, it really is. is a fun name to have a conversation and about. And it's
2: also weird if you're just like, hello, is this Mr. Pound?
3: Hi, Mr. Pound. How's like, it going? That's... And he's like, it's Richard. And you're like, okay, appreciate your... Yeah. He's like, Never yeah. call me Mr. Pound again. Kevin, as you would expect, I have a top five list. Oh. Of everybody loves a list, I've been told. Thank you, CA. This
1: is
3: Number five is Dick Butkus it's that's a good it's one. a fantastic name there's a lot of emphasis on the in that name lots of what? it going on number four stubby clap that's a really fun name texas tech thank you very much
2: <laughs> you just, wow that's really well. When, that's I went really on, when i went
1: on my recruiting trip he was one of their better players at the time at texas tech he was the second baseman at texas tech in the early mid
3: 90s yep there you go oh. number three and he did
1: have a decent MLB career. He coached a long time too in MLB.
3: Professional bowler Mike Lemonjello. Uh, is that? Shot. His name's Mike Lemonjello. Awesome. Number two, Peekaboo Street. I just always yes. loved her name, and I I thought she was the world's greatest skier just because they I heard her name all the time. Yeah. I really don't know how great she was. I should probably go look that up some more. But I always just thought she's amazing. Her name's Peekaboo Street. And this one is like a personal one. I always wanted to make a heart a shirt that said I heart Banga. Because uh, of DJ Banga, I thought that was a really fun name to say, and Even it wasn't
1: th- spelt DJ it was right. It was M B
3: E N G A, yeah. and I just wanted a I Heart Banga shirt. I thought that would be fun, but it never happened. I
1: saw him at Best Buy, like two like off of uh, seventy five. Like I saw DJ Banga, no, like two days after they won the championship. So like maybe or a couple days after the parade, right around the week after they beat the Mi- or not the Miami Heat. Yeah, Miami Heat. I Actually, <laughs> beat the Miami Heat because then I started thinking of the bad Miami Heat yeah. when we lost. But yeah, I saw him uh, there right after the championship. Kind of like the next day, I saw Rolando Black, and I was like, "Dude, congratulations! I love you." And what did he, he say? made, it, he's like, "That's oh, great because he'll always be remembered for me for kind of making an elbow jumper at the end of the third quarter."
2: Was it? Was it General Booty?
3: General Booty's a good uh, name.
2: Quarterback for Allen for a while well josh booty right i've interviewed him because he follows the sec is it john i think there's two i think there's multiple there's lots of booties out there is the one i always thought was really cool especially when i was a little bit younger is coco crisp i just thought that was great and milton bradley coco crisp Uh, and milton bradley i thought were super cool names and then i played with milton bradley was he a super nice guy yeah he's
1: yeah okay I won't say super nice, but, but he is nice. Yeah.
2: Okay. Apollo Ono, if you're he had gonna an edge th- to him, okay, which isn't bad, not at you all.
1: Know? I mean, he couldn't play for the Cowboys.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is, that is very true. Is the other one is God Sham God?
3: God Sham God's a great name.
2: I just always thought that's, coach of the Mavs. That yes, I always thought that sounded like the coolest name, Alec or Mike. Do you have a particular standout sports name? Shlomo Glickstein. <laughs> Who we've now learned is a real person. Do you count this? Somebody brought up Oil Can Boyd. and it's a cool name. I thought, name, but I thought about really that. It's a really cool nickname. Does that count as nickname. the nickname? But, I mean, I used World Be Free, and that was... I guess maybe but he did. He, he went to, to court yeah.
1: and changed just like Meta World Peace. Ron our test, I believe he went to court and legally changed his name to Meta World Beast.
3: Wonderful, terrific, Mons the Third. What? I just saw that name. He was a Braves outfielder, and I guess the story goes that his grandfather, when he first found out that he was going to have a grandchild, he said, "Wonderful, just terrific." And he th- so he found out it was going to be a boy. So he said that, and that's what they named him: Wonderful, terrific
2: Mons the Third. That's nice. <laughs> I looked this up. This is a lacrosse player, Brickman House. That's awesome. it <laughs> House. So as an awesome name. Did
1: you collect baseball cards in 1989? Yeah. One of the prospects, I believe, for Cleveland at the time was. Lewis Medina, and just because at that time "Funky, funky Co Medina? Medina" was such That's a awesome. a like big time song, like I loved when I pulled a 1989 Donner's rookie of Luis Medina, who was a no like I mean I should say a nobody. He made the major leagues, but like not a reputable right. player at all. But every time I pulled him, I could just hear Tone Loke saying "Funky Co Medina"
3: and the 469, Odeby McDowell uh is definitely a, i mean for us as rangers kids that was a name we all knew like we all knew that one immediately
2: i i like this one because there should be more names that just fit with your sport is there is a driver named scott speed yes and you just i know he wasn't the best but wouldn't you think that it was like hello i'm kevin hagel and he's like hello i'm scott speed and i'd be like crap i'm gonna lose like I would, I would just think that. Like you're
3: going up, you're going up to the plate against Bob Walk, and you're immediately yes. thinking, I'm getting, I'm either getting on, I'm walking today. I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about hitting. I'm going to be fine.
2: Yes. Or if I like was pitching to Steven Leadoff Double, then I'd be like, well, crap. There that's probably not. That's not, gonna not gonna a worry. real name. Kevin. There is also,
1: is real quick, my dad would always have this joke about. Um, There is a player that is named this, but he didn't shorten his name to this, and he's a Hall of Famer, is Richard Seymour, because then in the program it would say Seymour Richard. And that was always a joke of my dad's, except his name wasn't Richard. It was shortened. Shortened to what? To what, Mike? Like like Dick Bavetta was a basketball referee. So So Seymour. Yeah. He
2: went by Seymour Dick Bavetta? (laughs) Yeah.
1: But... That was yeah, always with so my dad, um, too. Like, he'd scream. Uh, how about that D, baby? <laughs> Every time Dick Bavetta was the D? referee, and we were about eight rows behind at Reunion Arena, my dad would scream out, first possession on our side of the court, hey, Bavetta, you're a D. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh. Lots and, of votes. I believe he's going to be in this NFL draft is Kool-Aid McKinstry, from the cornerback from Alabama. That is an Nicknames awesome are awesome, name.
1: right? I agree. It, there's no way his real name's kool-aid right because like spud webb's name's anthony but well, Spud is, is dick awesome. trickle that guy's real name i do think it, well it's richard trickle but you're sure. just shortening it like it's Michael It's like wang,
3: wang juju uh, it's like
1: kev Haglin. we would all
3: anytime he would get the ball and he's on the on the perimeter we'd all rise for the wang it was amazing to
1: see what i, I, I do still i have two wang jerseys number 16 he, does
2: your wife think they're stupid and wants <laughs> she to always them? is
1: like and I'm like, they still have the tag. One of them still has the tags on. For like what, it's- resale value? Yes. I think a Wang Mavericks jersey is a huge collectible. Do you? Yes. Are you? Right now, text in if you would uh-huh. love a number 16 Wang 1999 2000 Mavericks jersey. Are you d- considering selling it? For the right price.
3: Oh, it's priceless, bro. Everybody's got a
2: price. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. How much do you believe in this big-time prediction? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Goff,
1: looking, safe route, end zone! Touchdown Detroit!
2: Safe Brown. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105, through The Fan right now. It's time to go around the entire NFL. And dip into some gridiron gravy. Yeah, here we Yeah, here we go. I hate you guys for that because I have an NFL overreaction reality for tomorrow or Thursday that's going to be kind of based around that. And I'm like, why even ask that question? So burnt out. All right. This NFL season. Shut up. I got it. Aiden Hutchinson says Dan Campbell made a bold vow after their playoff exit and said, we are going to the Super Bowl next year. Do you believe that the Lions, who I believe are now the only NFC team that has never made the Super Bowl, will be in the Super Bowl next year, as Dan Campbell promised? A strong opinion on this, Corey. <laughs> Is it no? Maybe. Oh, that's not a strong opinion. That's like your dragon opinion.
1: We'll find out. Uh, I, I, do,
3: I do think that they have the right mindset to accomplish that task um, because they have a coach that doesn't let up. He's not, and I know like we've, we've been talking about the burnout part are still, still got a, I need to understand what, what they were worn out from or whatever, yeah. but like that coach, it's very difficult. He said it. It's difficult to do everything you did to get you to the point where you were almost at the biggest game. And now you got to go do it again. Every year, you kind of have to reboot, refresh Mahomes again. His decision that, you know what, this year, I'm going to do it again. I have a goal of accomplishing this, and we're all going to do it together. I'm going to do all the work that it takes, plus drink all the beers while I'm doing it. Like, that's the the mentality of being able to go back at this task. Dan Campbell already, right after they lost, was getting them prepared for yeah. it. And they're young, and they're hungry. So I I do believe... That they have the right mentality. Now I can't, dude. We're so far away from it. I can't guarantee yes or no. So I'll go with maybe. Your guys, I'll go with maybe. <sighs> Soft.
1: If I if you made me bet right now today, I would say no. This isn't a good bet. I would bet on San Francisco. The reason I say it's not a good bet is it seems like the team that loses the Super Bowl has a major issue the next year. Look at Philadelphia this year. So I would bet on San Francisco. That would be where my money would go to if all the odds were exactly the same for all NFC teams. But I think Detroit does have a good chance with Green Bay and, I don't know, not with Dallas. They have to play in the playoffs, and that's way
2: too much football. Yeah, that's going to really kill in a couple of days. Is another record set. We talked about the record high audience, a record $185.6 million was bet on the Super Bowl with the Nevada State Sportsbooks. I bet 40 bucks. And what was your final, how did you come out? I got even? 40
1: bucks back. I okay. came out even-steven. I lost my Brock Purdy MVP vote. That was 20 bucks, And I won $40 on a $20 bet that the game would be within six points.
2: Now, we talk about this all the time. They keep building new casinos in Vegas for a reason. Check this out. Because I lost $70. For <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's part of it. Is the sport well? The other part of it is the thing that you told me about. If you had a winning ticket that was like a buck fifty, you're like, who cares? I'm not getting that cashed in. Is there's probably tons of tickets like that that they just keep and they don't ever get the money, they kept as a souvenir. (laughs) You have one for six cents and one for a dollar sixty six. So, yep, here it is, guys. Take woohoo! a picture. You can renew it or whatever if you want. renew it. Is the state's 182 sports books? Here's what it said: squeaked out a 6.8 million dollar profit just on the Super Bowl. Las Vegas made 6.8 million dollars. That was squeaking it out. Last year they won 4.4 million dollars. That's down though because the four years before that, Vegas averaged a profit in gambling of thirteen point two million dollars on the Super Bowl. So when we talk about fading the public, that is why you fade the public. Well didn't didn't Carragay say that they
3: just got destroyed on the overtime stuff? Like yes that's he like they've all the books oh, are like the overtime sure. stuff screwed us over.
2: Yeah, and if and if they would have kicked that extra point it would have hurt even more because then you would have hit the over and that people historically like to bet the over
1: the the bet that I thought I was going to lose is when it went to overtime. I thought, oh no, whoever gets the ball is going to score a touchdown, kick the extra point to yeah. go up by seven, and then you lose by seven. That other team is going to be desperate because they have to score a touchdown. Yeah, and so if it's fourth and six, they're going to be like, we have to go for it. They don't get it, and then I lose this close game all game long is going to end up being a seven point game.
2: I luckily that did not happen for you now. Since 2019, you might be tired of hearing about how great the Chiefs are. This, I'm not. Well, I know that. Well, this isn't going to change. If
1: I bought you a championship Chiefs hat, would you wear it?
2: No.
3: Dang it, Corey. I wouldn't be, like, angry about like it. Like I told you this the other day, You're I only wear on. the champion. Look, I'm wearing my Rangers hoodie, my Rangers World Series championship hoodie. You'll have it for I the next have 12 a years. Mavericks t-shirt. I only buy things. For teams that I root for that win championships. What
1: if I told you Pat Mahomes rooted for all those teams when
2: he was a kid? Doesn't change anything uh, for me, Mike. Well, <laughs> I tried since 2019. When trailing by 10 plus points in any playoff game, the rest of the NFL is six and 48. Hmm. Six and 48. The Chiefs are five and one. When trailing by 10 points or more in a playoff game. The Chiefs are five and one since two thousand nineteen. That's bananas. Why it
1: is b a n a n a s? That's right. Is I would say <laughs> that it makes Dak Prescott average, right? It makes them like all the other. This is what we do. Why? With Why? This, Why? This is what we do with Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Isn't this what we do, Corey? We go, oh look, they're one in forty seven. Yeah. So they're they're better than all of the quarterbacks because maybe they got one of those wins, which they didn't, but. Who's the other guy who got the one other win? Is it they were down twenty four to seven? Was it Brock Purdy?
2: Yeah, I think it. The, I think it's five and one just for the Chiefs, and then the rest of the NFL has won six combined. Oh, you see okay. what I'm I you meant, No, no, five okay. and one for the Chiefs, six and forty eight for uh, all I the rest saying of the six NFL and forty eight
1: total, and so the Chiefs only one. Have no, 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 no. But I mean okay.
2: that—that's still astonishing. We talked about how kicking was a big winner in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl records tied in this past Super Bowl. Most field goals attempted seven. However, they broke the record for most field goals made, also with seven. Impressive. Not extra points made. Yeah, that one didn't work out as much. And Kansas City tied the record for most made field goals with four. But this just shows you, and we've been trending in this direction for a while, fewest kickoff returns for both teams zero u.s kickoff return yards for both teams zero both super bowl records that i imagine would be tied plenty in future years so i thought about this these are bets
1: where when we're talking about betting there was a bet on the mgm app that said the first the kickoff will it be returned plus 250 i think it was or will it be a touchback minus 300 and i thought this is an easy bet. Yeah. Both guys have big legs. But then I just thought, that's like gambling-aholic type of situation. I got this app, and I'm going to bet on touchback versus return a, a kickoff. And, but I thought, you know, you obviously have to bet $30 to win $10. And so I thought, how much money do I want to bet on something that I think is a for sure thing to feel like I'm getting a, a, a return on, on this? But I guess I should have bet my whole life. I mean, not that, but have pl- twenty. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think there should bet
3: six hundred dollars. Yeah, that
2: I like that a lot better than betting your life. Your life is worth far more than six hundred. But uh, I know did, but that's why I'm saying yeah, that's, that's why I would have won more lot, money. Yeah. What? That's... What kind of collateral? Never mind. Don't do it. Okay. Don't, I won't no, put money don't on my life. It's
1: your life. If you would have taken, I have no clue what you have saved up for Brandon and probably not much for Noah yet. Billion dollars. Like, would you have taken all the college fund money you have and bet that it's gonna be a touchback? Cause it felt but then I was like, some he's gonna slip on the and grass or something, or he's gonna kick it high and it's gonna end up at the goal line. The
2: guy's or the guy's are gonna get too excited and return it out of the end zone. Like a little too soon. I got what you're saying. Is I think the only scenario where that would happen is if I was in like some sort of movie and it was like tuition was due the next day. And you had to pay all four years or else Brandon couldn't go to this college. And I was like, this is the only shot we got to get all the tuition. Otherwise, even if I thought it was like a really good bet, I do not believe I would bet all and this. And your collateral's Jess, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> She's worth way more than I am.
1: We're the KNC Masterpiece. Not her life. You just have to give her to Robert Redford. No, I'm not
2: giving anybody to Robert Redford. The more I think the natural.
3: about this, like Mike,
1: never mind.
2: Yeah, and then I'm going to stab him too. <laughs> With no, the bat. you don't
1: stab him. Isn't you... that what happened? He got stabbed?
2: Everybody oh, gets... in the natural. Yeah, yeah by a
1: woman. You're well, going to be a probably woman. Probably because
2: she was pissed because her husband gave her away to
1: him. She was trying to help out Babe Ruth. I think that's who that was. Those aren't the
2: same characters, though. I realize they're all played by Robert Redford. He played Death in a Twilight Zone episode, The better thing to
1: do is you buy your Jess, you buy her a hippo in some sort of auction, (laughs) and then everything works out for the best. It doesn't have to be a hippo, per se. Just an animal, I think. One that's in a zoo that you don't have to take care of. He was in Charlotte's Web? Oh, my God. Woody? Or Robert. Robert. Robert Redford's the man.
3: Yeah, dude. He's a good actor.
1: I think he's like sexiest man alive at some point in his career. He was probably in probably Avengers Endgame? Times. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah, he's one of that. the business a bad people.
3: Guy. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's Damn part it. of
1: like that red-faced guy. He was guy, an inside
3: Daisy Clover?
1: What is that? What are they called?